I am afraid that I have much news, and most of it is terrible. Welcome to The Mind Killer, the rationalist brain on politics. As always, I'm Wesley Fenza. I'm Ineash Brodsky. And I'm David. This is episode number 66. We are recording on September 28th, which is a Thursday instead of our normal Monday because Eniash had to go to London and, you know, uh, take care of a few things. We're not going to say what, but if you've heard any about anything happening in, <laughs> you know, England recently, you can, I think you can safely assume that was Eniash. I will, can I, I couldn't tell anybody because I'd have to kill them if I did. Uh, so while you were there, did you stand in a queue for a day? Not for a day. I stood in a queue for maybe 30 minutes once. Oh, must have uh, must have been early then. How would you rate the queue <laughs> on a scale of 1 to 10? <laughs> the thing is, when you're standing there with the pillow over the person, you get a very early line in the queue. Um, but, but I don't know I what was, you're talking about. I was never in that particular queue. <laughs> So the queue that I was in, I would rate about an eight. It was it was a very good view in the queue, right in front of Westminster Abbey. Well, all right then. Also, David had something. Um, yeah. So quick, Wes was wrong segment. Oh, uh, we are recording this on September 29th, oh, not shit. 28th. <laughs> um, I don't because... think we get to do a Wes was wrong unless it's in a previous episode. I think we're making these rules up as we go along, my dude. <laughs> right, but that's the my precedent rules. so far. <laughs> like when we're wrong about something on the podcast itself, we just correct each other. Yeah, I mean, if we had to, if we had to announce all of those, that would be the whole podcast, right? <laughs> so, in David was wrong news. That's not how we do the segment. <laughs> Speaking of prior episodes, we have a few follow-ups. Um, the first one is that Ron DeSantis, in typical Ron DeSantis style, ruined the whole uh, "we're going to relocate asylum seekers to liberal cities" thing um, by just dropping the entire pretense that this had anything to do with like helping people or sharing the burden or whatever he wanted to say. And so he went to, so Ron DeSantis is the governor of Florida, but he wanted to get in on this relocating asylum seekers thing and he couldn't find enough asylum seekers. So he went to Texas and rounded up a bunch and then flew them to Martha's vineyard. Isn't, isn't that the, the place where the president vacations? Probably. I mean, a lot of people vacation there. It's like, that's what it's for. That's fucking ridiculous. Right. And it was just at the end of vacation season. So there's no jobs there. There's no reason why uh, asylum seekers would would want to go there. And no. apparently they just lied to them all. And we're like, oh, yeah, there's uh, jobs and opportunities and stuff. Go check it out. Just a fucking douchebag being a fucking douchebag right? again. And we're like, you know, I... You remember last episode, we were on board with this because we're yeah. like, oh, this is great. You know, opportunities for asylum seekers, um, opportunities for these cities to integrate these people, uh, spreading out all the the new migrants so they're not all concentrated in one place. Win, win, win. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this was just like DeSantis just had to come in and ruin it. I no longer trust him to be my president. <laughs> this was the line Wait, for you. you. <laughs> Uh, I, you know what the line for me was? It was the Disney thing. Oh, yeah. That where, was he was like, where he was like, oh, I don't like your political speech. So we're uh-huh. going to uh, end your special independent situation you've got going on. Which was a really good special independent situation. I mean, it was, was it? Yeah. for everybody. From what I heard, the, this actually just involved um, the state of Florida taking on a bunch of their debt. 
No, no, no. Before he um, ruined it. No, no. I'm saying it. This, that, this, what he did actually seemed to work out well for Disney. Oh yeah. Because well, Florida I mean, had to assume a bunch of their debt. By everyone involved, I mean you know everyone who is not Disney. And it's like Disney was doing the right thing because they were the ones who were causing these costs, so it was good for them to pay them, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, and Disney the whole time is like, no, don't throw me in the briar patch. Mm-hmm. Oh, DeSantis. What a shithead. David, did you have a comment? Yeah, no. I I stopped caring about DeSantis a while ago. He's just basically Trump with mod- with modestly nicer hair. Well, he might be the next president, so uh, oof, we, might, we might all have to care eventually. Yeah. Uh, depending yeah. on if Trump's in jail or not. Damn it, give us a Yang ticket. <laughs> or whether he's had a KFC-induced heart explosion. That really sounds like a sex act. It does, doesn't it? No, no, what, what Eniash said, last. a Yang ticket. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I try to pull that off. <sighs> need a volunteer or two. I'm not sure how many volunteers you need for a Yang ticket. No, don't give her the Yang ticket. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Next follow-up, I see on my outline here it says, No more monkeypox. Yeah. So is, the did, is it gone? Did we do it? Well, I mean, it's not completely gone, but the incidence, at least in the U.S., is actually falling now. Uh, so, Ooh. seeing as usually exponentially growing viruses are the problem, once they have stopped not only growing uh, but actually started reducing, I think we can declare victory. All right. So we've reached peak monkeypox. That is the hope. Yes. All right. Well, um, I don't know anything about infectious diseases, but the last one had a several several peaks. Uh, so hopefully that doesn't happen with this one. But mm, yeah, you know, that's true. Probably, but still, it, probably the way to avoid that is not go around and telling people there's no more monkeypox. Shit, you're right. <laughs> what I meant to say is back and better than ever. Yes, there is lots and lots of monkeypox. Whatever uh, behavioral changes have been causing the uh, this this to to decline, uh, keep it up. Yes, definitely keep doing that. Continue delaying the orgies until after this is well in hand. All right, now on to new news. Uh, so that railroad strike that we were talking about apparently didn't happen. Uh, Biden struck some kind of deal with the union. Um, the resident socialists on our discord server keep insisting that this hasn't actually been averted, that they're definitely going to strike in like, I don't know, a couple weeks or something, but it's at least temporarily averted. What makes the resident socialists think that? Uh, well, apparently it has, the deal has to be approved by like 13 different unions. Mm-hmm. And a lot of them don't like it. If I know anything about politics, I know that when you need 13 different organizations to do something, it never gets done. Yeah. But also, I think they all have to agree to strike, so. Oh, well, then we'll never get that strike. So we're just yeah. going to never have this resolved and not get a strike? That seems like bad. Not as bad as a strike, though. Yeah, I don't know. And also, I don't know how to trust these guys because they're like really rooting for a strike for some reason. I think because they hmm. hate good things. Well, that is the... MO of socialists in general. Hey, it sounds like the strike will happen when payment resumes on student debt. <laughs> oh. You don't think that's going to happen? I think I would be surprised. Didn't um what's his name? The president, um Biden. Joseph <laughs> Robin <laughs> Joseph Robinette Biden the 3rd. Yes. Well, he somebody's very... going senile, but I don't think it's <laughs> Biden. <laughs> oh, I I have a whole story about why I have disconnected from the world and it's great. Oh no. Um <laughs> But hasn't the the president recently said in like a major speech that uh, it's over? Coronavirus is over. Yes, the pandemic's done. Yes, he did so say that. Doesn't <laughs> that mean he no longer has the authority to forgive student debt because there's this ongoing emergency? But he did that before. Hmm. 
Okay, I don't know how this timing works out, but, but I'm also, gonna trust you. Like the <laughs> saying like this is part of the emergency doesn't doesn't mean he doesn't have to like sign the order while the emergency is ongoing. He can just be like, This is because of this emergency. Uh nobody was able to pay their student loans during the emergency. Um and everyone agreed we should all not make them. So now we have to do this because of you know, because of COVID. It doesn't actually have to be like, oh, it's still the emergency. But they deferred the payments during the emergency. So yeah. now that the emergency's gone, I don't know. It doesn't matter. Either way, congrats, you guys. If <laughs> yeah. it works I mean, out. it's not good reasoning, but it's <laughs> yeah. legal. I will leave that to the courts because they always say smart things and know stuff. Definitely. Smart <laughs> things and knowing stuff. That's how I describe <laughs> the courts. <laughs> All right. Next. This news. was supposed to be a segue. <laughs> yeah. The Fifth Circuit um, issued a pretty uh, controversial opinion, to say the least, um, that it's called Net Choice versus Paxton. And it's about, it basically says that the Texas statute that we covered a few episodes ago that regulates these big social media platforms is constitutional, um, which... uh, Basically, the entire legal community disagrees with, hmm. um, but the Fifth Circuit is just kind of the the most conservative circuit. Um, so, so what does what does this mean for for the world? Um, it means that maybe they can break the internet. <laughs> um, they so basically, this is uh, uh, Texas passed a statute that said um, you're not allowed to discriminate based on the content of speech um, if you are a big um, social media platform with 50 million monthly active users. On the surface, that sounds pretty good. Yeah, I I don't... Like, I'm not super against the idea. The wording... The, the problem is that, like, the way it's worded sounds like it bans any content moderation. Hmm. Yeah, that is, if, that is terrible. Well... I don't know how if terrible Title it is. Title Nine and Title Thirteen taught me anything. It's that anti-discrimination legislation or judicial rulings in this case never turn out terribly wrong. Yeah. Um, now it, it it only applies to platforms with fifty million monthly active users or more. Um, but I don't. You know, we don't know how this is going to get interpreted. Like, does this does this apply to a, a subreddit with? 300 users um but it's on a platform with 50 million um can you still moderate stuff like in a facebook group who knows well i think there's some way that someone is trying to find out because uh the because they're fucking around the political humor subreddit yeah is fucking around and trying to find out they (laughs) they are now moderating uh all posts that don't say who was it not rob DeSantis. who's the uh, greg abbott oh yeah greg abbott is a big whiny baby (laughs) Is a little piss baby. A little piss baby. If a post does not say that, it will be uh, moderated for having incorrect political opinions in it. <laughs> and that is their official position, and they're hoping, you know, to, to get shut down and so that they can go to court and test it. Well, all right, then. We'll see. Um, yeah, I, I don't... I, I would need to look into this law more to know if I support it or not. I kind of do support the idea that these, like, huge social media companies are somewhat common carriers... Absolutely. Um, I just feel like getting the government involved in things ruins everything a lot. And I really don't trust them to do this right. Also, it's kind of fucked up that this is a Texas law. 
Mm. Um, so it only applies to people in Texas? Well, it only applies to uh, social media that operates in Texas, but that's all social media. <laughs> so, <laughs> okay, this is like when California regulates things in California and makes it for the entire world. Yeah, exactly. Or at least all of the U.S., yeah. So, yeah, I really don't like the idea that Texas is going to be like, well, we are going to regulate the entire Internet. Yeah. Like, let's have the Internet be what everyone in Texas thinks it should be. Super lame. Yeah, not a fan of that. Um, so we'll see. We'll keep a, we'll keep our eye on this. This is a developing story, to be sure. Um, we'll see what the actual repercussions are. I I do think it's important for places to be able to moderate their own content because otherwise we just get either everything is 4chan or everything has no comments allowed. Yeah, yeah. Like <laughs> you have to you have to allow content moderation. Um, so we'll see. You know if this actually ends up ever getting implemented and how. Uh, uh all right. David. Yes. What's going on in Ukraine? Yeah, so it's not what's happening in Ukraine exactly, but um uh so what's going previously on in Russia? we yeah, <laughs> previously we reported that Ukraine had uh launched a major and very successful counteroffensive. Uh that is still ongoing. They're still retaking territory at an alarmingly fast rate. Uh, but in response to this, Putin has called dibs no takesies backsies <laughs> to the remaining territory that, uh, Russia holds in Ukraine, uh, including a threat to respond, quote, with all available means to further Ukrainian counterattacks, and a pinky swear that he isn't bluffing. Uh, this, uh, involved him... Uh, fully announcing a actual mobilization, uh, which part of the whole special military operation uh, doublespeak early on was so that he didn't have to do that. Um, uh, but now uh, Russia is fully doing the whole conscription thing, uh, which has in which has uh, caused people to start fleeing in every available way um prices of plane tickets out of russia are up in price something like um 100x uh since the mobilization was announced there are long blocks at the border uh several um there are several instances of uh officers in conscript units suffering mischief and um, uh, ethnic minority areas are getting hit particularly hard by the conscription efforts. Uh, and that was as of the last time I updated this outline. But since then, there have also been some reports of um, draftees being sent into the meat grinder in Ukraine with as little as one day's training. So Jesus. that's pretty bad all right so can either of you guys answer something for me why Probably is not. everyone calling this a mobilization it's a draft right yes so i've never so, heard a draft called a mobilization before but that's what everyone is saying yeah so the mobilization mobilization is the legal construct that uh is allowing russia to institute the draft okay that's just that's just what they call it yeah, so there are are constraints in, I assume, the Russian Constitution uh, saying you can't conscript 
Um, I assume uh, you were holding up finger quotes on the term constraints there. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, essentially saying you can't institute a draft unless these conditions are met. And one of these conditions is, like, there's a full-blown um, war which, which has caused the president or prime minister or whatever to declare a mobilization, which Ukraine now is. Yeah. And now, so, so one of the things that Putin did to do this whole no takesies backsies thing was he announced and held a bunch of fake referendums uh, where he claims that, like, everyone in all of these regions voted that they want to be part of Russia. Um, apparently, he got uh, 80, between 87 and 99% of residents voted to join Russia, uh, which you know is definitely, like... He's not Absolutely even trying true. to make it seem true. Mm. That's like Banana Republic shit, where the dictators all like, ah, yes, we held a vote, and I got 99% of the vote. Very popular, like, dude. <laughs> oh, very popular. <laughs> yeah, come on, Putin. Yeah, I This is the point where even the CNBC headline is, hey, Putin holding fake referendums. <laughs> Yeah, I oh, heard Lord, some man. stories about how the way these referenda were carried out and they involved Russian soldiers going door to door in these regions, knocking on people's doors, handing them the ballots, watching them fill out the ballots while holding guns, presumably at port arms, and then collecting the ballots when they were done filling them out in front of the soldiers who were armed. Yeah, it seems legit, right? Yep. What was the phrase? Port arms? Yeah. Um, what is that? It, it's when you're carrying a gun with, like, in ready-to-fire position of your hands, but uh, with the muzzle down into the left if you're right-handed and down into the right if you're right-handed. Uh, so oh. you can bring it up to fire really quickly, but you're not technically threatening anyone. Okay, cool. I have learned a thing. You're welcome. Yeah. All right, and then... The other thing that's happening in uh, the Ukraine-Russia area is uh, some problems with the Nord Stream pipeline. Oh my god, it has been sabotaged. And nobody knows who did it. There's some problems with the Nord Stream pipeline in the same sense that there were some problems with the World Trade Center on 9-11. <laughs> in the sense that it got unexisted. So how bad is the damage? Like, is this reparable? It, it sounded, if I remember right, they had... Like, it, they were estimating that several kilometers of pipeline had been taken out. Mm -hmm. So, like, in theory, it's reparable, but in practice, you're just looking at replacement. So, who benefits from this? Because it's not Russia, right? I feel like Russia wanted the Nord Stream in place so they could, they could pressure Europe to, like, ease up on the sanctions and get their gas back. Yeah. But without the pipeline, they can't do that, right? It's like yeah, killing your hostage. So, yeah. So the um, the suspect list, as I understand it, are um, are Ukraine uh, because Russia does still have some pipelines to Europe. They just all go through Ukraine, and Ukraine would absolutely love to uh, be able to tell Europe that they are going to graciously let the uh, LNG through, but only if they pay actual market rate and stop funding Putin's war. Um, Poland, because they aren't terribly dependent on 
uh, Russian natural gas at all, and they don't get any of it from Nord Stream. Um, plus, you know, getting the chance to stick it to uh, Russia is basically the Polish national pastime, as is getting <laughs> the chance to stick it to Germany, and this lets them do both at once. Uh, and the U.S., because we are also big exporters of liquid natural gas, and we also don't like Russia much. I heard it was the French. Why the French? They have diver teams that are capable of doing it. Oh, they oh, don't really sure, have any it, motivation. Uh, okay. Let, no, but I really, I just want it to be the French, because it would be great for the French to be in the news for, for something like that. Let's put this in perspective, though. Mm. I, David, the host of the Mind Killer podcast... Am capable of doing the sort of dive you would need to do to sabotage Nord Stream. Um, I, I, I don't I, know. I don't know all the explosive stuff, but as far as the scuba diving goes, it's not that deep. Um, I think I heard like seventy meters, which is ten meters more than I am legally permitted to dive. But I could definitely go down that deep if I needed to. Yep. I think there's a difference between physically able and able to do it undetected, because that's what a lot of people have been saying, that the type of sub needed to get a diver team in and out of there without anyone noticing them is a bigger deal. David, are you suggesting that I'm disseminating misinformation? <laughs> the worst thing you can do? <laughs> Heavens for friend. Oh, yes, of course. No, it's probably not the French. I just want it to be the French. I'm particularly worried about this because... Energy inputs are incredibly important for, well, I mean, for anything, but like this, without some sort of reliable energy in Europe, that could end their manufacturing industry altogether. And like that brings about the, the Great Depression thing, which was linked in a great Twitter thread on our Discord, basically. And I mean, I'm not, I, I figure someone's going to find some way to get energy into Europe and it's not going to turn out to be that horrible, but this is a bad sign in general. And this is a reason like in the age of colonialism that colonialism existed so that empires could make sure they always had access to the resources they needed to uh, keep existing. And I, I don't want nations to start going to war again so that they can secure resources uh, that aren't within their borders right now for uh, in perpetuity. That's that's just a bad thing. Well, so that's why I was asking how bad the damage is, because like I'm I'm unclear about like if everybody kisses and makes up, how hard would it be to just like re replace this part of the pipe? But I don't know. And I think there's a second Nord Stream that's like almost done. Uh, it was it was both Nord Streams. Oh, they got both of them. Yeah, oh. and uh, Nord Stream Two was completed. It just hadn't been used yet because it was completed after um, after uh, the Ukraine invasion started and. Uh, Putin was all like, oh, I don't know, the Ukrainians are putting up such a fight that uh, I'm not sure I can commit resources mm -hmm. to bringing Nord Stream 2 fully online every time Germany uh, sent Ukraine another batch of weapons. Yeah, but I just, like, I feel like if, you know, this conflict is resolved, they won't have too much trouble getting the gas from Russia to Europe. Yeah, probably not. I mean, it depends on how the conflict is resolved. Because like I said, there are still pipelines from Russia to Europe. Mm -hmm. They just go through Ukraine. Yeah. So if, like, Putin gets everything he wants and installs a puppet gov government in Kiev, then, yeah, there won't be a problem. But if there's an uncooperative government in Ukraine and... um 
they feel inclined to put this cruise to Europe for whatever reason, then at the very least they'll need to load it on tankers, and moving LNG by tanker is really, really hard. Nah, Ukraine will let it through, it's just need a uh, war reparations tax on it. <laughs> sure. I kind of get the feeling that uh, the whole bringing this conflict to an end thing is uh, a, a harder harder step than you're letting on as well. Well, I mean, yeah, that, yeah I mean, that's that the hard the part. sticky wicket. Yeah. Uh, but, like, the, the status quo was there was nothing flowing through these pipelines anyway. And there probably wasn't going to until the conflict was resolved. Um, so, you know, the, the conflict needed to be resolved to get the, the gas flowing regardless. Right. Um, I think this... I think what this does is make it so Putin can't just flip the switch back on. And there's going to be a delay between, you know, whatever whatever deal they strike and the gas flowing. Um, but, I, you know, that might be good because it removes the temptation for Europe to, like, strike side deals uh, this winter when everything's going to suck. Because yeah. they wouldn't be able to get the gas in time anyway. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know anything about this. It's, it's bad news for all involved. Yeah. Yeah, it's bad. Putin. Just, like, maybe stop. Wars in general. I don't know why people, we keep doing them. Uh, national greatness, I think, is the answer. Oh, that's a terrible reason. Damn you, Putin! Right? Be great some other way. Go to space. Yeah. We got news about that. Ooh. All right. Spoiler for later in the podcast. There's some space <laughs> stuff. But right now, we're going to move on to much worse than space stuff. We have fascism news. Yeah, well, boo. <laughs> <laughs> no way, no way, it's bad. Yeah, uh, yeah so uh, Italy. In fairness, just in fairness, it's more right-wing populist proto-fascist news. Well, no, it's not, it's the opposite of proto-fascist. It's the other side. Post-fascist. Post-fascist. Yeah, that's what it is. No, but I'm just excited about this. So the news is that Italians like voted in the super right-wing populist party. Um with this like crazy woman but i'm excited about it because this they're like this political party is actually descended from the world war ii fascist party so this might be the only time where all the like lefties running around calling everyone fascists are actually right to be using pretty, that term that's both pretty impressive and also really disappointing because they've managed to neuter the word fascist down to just been cried wolf over and over so many times that I tend to ignore people now when oh, they yeah, say something true. like that. So when they say this woman's a fascist, you're like, oh, you mean like um, Joe Biden? All right. Yeah. But yeah, she sounds pretty bad. She Well, she has. Um, so, yeah, they voted in the, the right wing populist party. Um, Georgia Maloney. Yes. Uh, no relation looks, to Christopher Maloney. I don't know who that is. He's on. Uh, he's the actor from. Um, the Law and Order Special Victims Unit. See the one that always puts his sunglasses on? No, I think that's CSI. Oh. No, he's okay. the one that, that anytime there's a suspect in like mm -hmm. one of these sex crimes, he's like, you piece of shit, child <laughs> molester, I should kick your ass right now, and like does all this like crazy like police brutality shit. Okay. And then when it turns out it's the wrong guy, he never apologizes. <laughs> <laughs> and he's back next episode and no one's censored Yeah, exactly. And everyone's like, wow, he's such a hero. Yeah. I guess I guess that's kind of like real life where they can right? just get away with anything. Well, <laughs> He's it. my favorite one because like any t anyone like it doesn't matter who it is, whatever. He's just like, you are such a fucking piece of shit. <laughs> and cool. it just goes and abuses them. I'm like, ah, accurate cops. Mm -hmm. Well, we have uh, the, this this 
getting back to the story, the political party is called the Brothers of Italy, and as you were saying, descended from uh, God, Mussolini's party. Brothers of Italy. I didn't even right. realize that. Yeah. Fratelli d'Italia. Mm. Uh, my accent is probably way off. But yeah, Giorgio Maloney. No, no, uh, okay. Uh, probably going to be the uh, the prime minister. That's uh, like, it's not official yet. But she has a a speech that everybody is linking everywhere now and uh you can watch it we linked it as well and like the thing about it is it is a very emotionally compelling speech like i so i like like you told the people up front i was in england uh for the last two weeks absolutely not killing the queen because that's not a thing i do uh i was instead going to various uh sites and attractions there including both canterbury and westminster abbey and like Dude, going in those places and just really letting it sink in, they are they are designed to, like, fuck with you and put you in a different headspace. It's like a low-level LSD trip. It's really fucking cool. But, so, I was, I was already in the sort of, you know, awe and wonder headspace, and I watched this speech of hers, and it's just so well-delivered and emotionally compelling, and it's like, yeah, what's... What's wrong with with being good people? And why why does capitalism suck? And why is capitalism always trying to kill the good people? And by the end of it, like I was emotionally involved, and I was like, "Holy fuck, this is fucked up and really powerful, kind of dangerous stuff." I mean, I, I'm glad I can see through it and all, but um, she's a good speaker. And the one thing that people kept saying about Hitler was that he's stupid. He doesn't know how to lead anything. He's really bad at just about everything. But he's an amazing speaker and can really rally people. And like, I don't think. We are in danger of a world war because we don't have that situation on the ground that's ripe for that. But I'm, uh, you know, I, I'm a little worried about how charismatic and uh, emotionally compelling she is. And um, it reminded me of David's troop deployment from, was it our last episode? Uh, I think so, yeah. But my troop deployment wasn't about charismatic and good speech makers. It was about physically attractive. Yeah, well, you know, they usually go hand in hand. Eh, she's not that good looking. <laughs> wow like, damn okay like she, so this is the she, content people come here for how good looking is georgia maloney she's Hot like or not on a scale of one to ten she's like a six <laughs> okay all right so eniash it's interesting you say that because i watched that speech yeah um and it just i i, I it didn't strike me as uh very resonant at all no um no it's mostly like oh here's all the people who suck let me list off everyone who sucks um, or it's just like, here's all the, the things that the nebulous they told us that we're not allowed to do anymore. And I was like, oh my god, you sound like a fucking YouTube commenter. <laughs> yeah. um, but also it's like, you know, I wouldn't call it, I w- you know, I wouldn't say it was a, a reminiscent of a Nazi speech. But like, you know, it wouldn't have been out of place in, being delivered by, you know, the First Order. Who were directly modeled on Nazis. Yeah, it's like uh, it's like Nazis passed through a filter, you know. Okay, yeah. Well, I mean, but you know it, it basically be. was. It was just like, oh, here's here's the, all the powers that be are terrible, and something about not not. It shouldn't say international bankers, but it was something like that. I mean, uh, basically, yeah. the capitalists, right? G- global speculators or something. I I don't. I, I, I think it was financial speculators. Yeah, yeah, financial yeah. speculators. He was like, but, oh, the financial speculators. I mean, could have been. Honestly, complaining about financial speculators is off base and frankly, like, late 1800s-y enough (laughs) that I got major, like, this is the resistance that the Masters of the Matrix allow to persist because it gives an outlet to your soul's desire for freedom without actually threatening their power vibes from the speech. Right? She should be talking about land speculators. (laughs) <laughs> ah yes that's the problem yeah, i mean you're not wrong 
I think, I mean, part of it could have been the headspace I was in. Also, a lot of it was maybe because I was sort of, you know, revolutionary communist when I was in my teens, and it struck the, that whole, you know, the cyberpunk vibes, the corporations, and the corp greedy capitalists are, are need to be put, you know, removed from power again. I don't know. I, it, I, I was... It had strong communist vibes to me. Yeah, I think I've just been exposed to too many, like, anti-capitalist people or arguments that I hear that and I just kind of tune out from it. Yeah. I'm just like, oh, you hate capitalism? How novel. (laughs) Well, all right. I'm glad that it is not working and it was just me being uh... a... Oh, no. Like, the reason I say it's interesting is because I'm worried it is working. Oh, no. That, like, you know, I feel like... (laughs) David and I are probably outliers uh, in our in our support of capitalism. So I feel like if it's if if even you were moved by this, then what hope do the normies have? Well, I mean, at least part of it was just the emotional aspect. Like when you watch Greta Thunberg's speech, like it's it's full of crazy, but like just the sheer raw emotion that she's conveying through through the TV is like that is fucking compelling. It's the same reason I watch musicals, right? Yeah, I was going to say they're silly. Yes, absolute yes. batshit nonsense, but delivered yeah, I, really emotionally. Yeah, it's so good. I guess I'm just the most sigma on this podcast because I don't get that feeling at all. Well, all right. Like I get it some from some sources, but I don't get it from uh, uh, the Italian stallion and the <laughs> the Swedish artist. <laughs> okay, I love your your uh, slang terms here. All right. Well, so speaking of Italian people in other man? countries, uh, David has some great news for us out of Germany. They've apparently solved the energy crisis. <laughs> yes. So how'd they do it? Their uh, their economy minister in uh, oh, classic economics. Uh, that's that's yeah, a thing. Classic, that's good. Yes, in classic early COVID style, has said uh, to the German people, you know, just just stop producing for six months. And then by the time that uh, you restart six months from now, after, you know, not having produced anything or sold anything or made any money or uh, gotten any means to, you know, buy food or pay rent, uh, then then it'll be through winter and the energy crisis will have passed. Oh, it's a brilliant plan. It's a it's a perfect plan with absolutely no flaws. So uh, what are the odds we see a mysterious uh, resurgence of COVID in Germany? <laughs> Like, ooh, uh, got to do lockdowns again. Sorry, everybody. This legit sounds like something I would hear on, on like, The Onion or something. Is this real? I have heard it from reputable sources, including I mean, the one I linked in the thing. <laughs> this is uh, from Reuters. <laughs> Jesus. They're... Just stop producing for six months. Yeah, that that is a paraphrase. He used, like, well, he said, no, he said, purple prose. I can but, imagine yeah, that certain that... industries will simply stop producing for the time being. Wow. Which, like, I guess is, you know, you can you could clarify that to be like, oh, no, I only meant, you know, seasonal industries and ones that don't all generally produce all year anyway or something like that. But it still seems like a very silly thing. to. Yeah. Um. So uh, what do we think? Bad plan? Sounds like a bad plan to me. Yeah, I mean, sounds like a the, bad plan. Can I the mean, people it, working in those industries just stop eating for six months, too? Oh, yeah, they should try that. Okay, yeah, cool, yeah. So, so it's a bad plan, but also Germany has so comprehensively fucked its uh, energy infrastructure by, you know, trying to go uh, 100% wind and solar power in a country with very little sun and 
uh, very little wind, that they were totally dependent on Russian natural gas, which, you know, has its own problems. Uh, so, like, it's definitely not a good plan, but also when you're in that situation in the first place, there aren't many good plans left, so. Womp, womp. Well, speaking of countries getting fucked, um, I see the next thing on my outline is from Eniash with the headline, Iran is finally getting fucked. Fucking finally. Uh, I assume this is about the uh, women protesting the hijabs. Yes, it is. Okay. What's going on there? Uh, well, Iran has always been my go-to as like one of the most regressive countries. And whenever people talk about, you know, we should enforce... Uh, enforce various things we would like to see happening on Mississippi and Alabama, I, you know, kind of say, well, we can't do that to uh, Iran. We help in other ways, so maybe we hey, should hey, do hey. Mississippi that way. Don't forget yes. Saudi Arabia. And Well, and Saudi Arabia, that's right. But that, that takes more syllables, so it's easier just to yeah, say Yeah, but we like, we're much friendlier with them. That's true, too, yeah. But Biden was just I... there being like, hey, could we have some more oil, please? <laughs> and they said, mm, we'll get back to you. Yeah. Uh, but no, in Iran, they have a morality police, as most people are probably aware. Uh, they also have laws that say women have to wear a hijab and cover their hair because that's part of their religious morals. Or well, and crucially, bullshit. they didn't have that a few years ago. Th wait, what? Yeah, they, they removed that as a legal requirement. And then some like new conservative regime came in and reinstated it. Oh, I thought this was like reinstated back in the uh, mid-70s. No, I think it was more recent than that. Well, okay. Maybe they're like they had gotten lax and then re-reinstated it. Yeah. All right. Well, I am uh, glad to hear that there was at least some period of being less shitty in Iran for a while. But uh, I guess it's been it was re-reinstated, and there was a woman who was picked up by the morality police for not wearing her hijab correctly. Like she was still wearing it, but um, she not not good enough, I guess. Yeah, she and had some hair showing underneath the headscarf, if I remember correctly. That hussy. I know. It's an absolute disgrace. Yeah. Uh, the the lady then died about three days later in police custody. And uh, they their, you know, official story is they had nothing to do with it. But it uh, looks like she was probably beaten to death. Had some... Or be viciously beaten and then had other complications. And uh, since then, people in Iran have been rioting a lot. In all their major cities, there's been massive action. There's been over 100 protesters killed so far. The uh, police are using live ammunition to put them down. There's uh, arson happening. It's it's good. I'm, I mean, it's, I guess, bad for individual people. But I am really happy to see that the Iran Iranian regime might finally be held to account by its people. And uh, they can they can reverse this awful shit. There's women running around without any hijabs. There's women uh, burning them in the streets, cutting off their hair in the streets, which, you know, you also have to have your hair uncovered to do. Like, it's... I, I feel really hopeful and happy for them. Um, and I know it's going to be a terrible period of violence and death, but hopefully something better will come out on the other end. Would be nice. Yeah. Also, I can't find anything about Iran uh, removing the hijab requirement recently, so maybe you're right. That, that was I was just confusing that with something that happened in the the seventies. Okay. Yeah, because they were very, very much more liberal in the seventies and before the uh, Shah came into power. Mm. Yeah, that was probably it. All right. Next, um, we have more bad news. <laughs> this time from David uh, about. Florida? No, this is about credit card companies. Yeah. Yeah, so 
at first I thought this was worse news than it was. Uh, turns out it's a, like 40% bad news, 60% hand-waving freakoutery. Um, <laughs> so essentially what happened is you guys know how when you buy something uh, with a uh, credit card or some debit cards, it automatically classifies it as like uh, food or uh, groceries or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, so for the longest time, um, gun stores were uh, labeled as um, as sporting goods stores under okay. those uh, mm-hmm. flags. And uh, thanks to some pressure from a certain Elizabeth Warren, uh, they ha- most of the major credit card companies have now been persuaded to uh, file those under their own label. As it is, this isn't per se a bad thing. Uh, it just um, means that instead of saying sporting goods on that statement, it'll say uh, guns and ammo store. Uh, but it also opens the door to a lot of really bad um, and abusive practices like automatically flagging people in a police database if they spend more than a certain amount or have more than a certain number of transactions there uh, in a given period of time. Mm. So, Do police generally have access to those records? They don't generally, but, you know, because it's Elizabeth Warren pushing this, you can't rule out some special law being passed given giving them dispensation to uh uh retrieve those or even obligating the credit card companies to inform the police so as it is this isn't necessarily a terrible thing but it's opening the door to some pretty bad stuff and because we on this podcast agree that freedom to transact as one sees fit is quite important i still (laughs) thought it was worth bringing up all right and um, is this right that Florida uh, freaked out about this? Yeah, so uh, the Florida state government has threatened to ban said credit card companies from doing business with the Florida state government, uh, investigate them for neglecting their fiduciary responsibilities to their shareholders, and pass legislation securing a legal cause of action for Florida refer. Uh, residents who want to sue if they don't repeal these policies. And by the way, the uh, policies are officially on the books, but they don't go into effect uh, until the new year. So uh, that is their status right now. So I mean, it seems like a weird hill to die on. mm, Like 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 I said, it's one of those things where, like, looking at it, it's innocuous enough that you... that like people like you who don't really have a dog in the fight uh would say oh that seems like a weird hill to die on but gun people have been through this shit enough that um we can fairly reliably say hey if this can be abused it probably will be very soon sure i just imagine they have similar categories for like liquor store or weed store um so like uh, uh, the cat- categorization thing, you know, it's like it makes abuses easier, but it's not actually an abuse yet. That's why I mean it's a weird hill to die on. Yeah, uh, I can't remember. Have I shown you the um, 
Uh, the cake comic. The cake comic? Yeah. No, I don't think so. Okay. Um, I'll, I'll show it to you off air sometime. All right. But, uh, the, um, it's, it's the best way to get the mindset across to people who think the mindset is crazy. Yeah. Uh, so other, other uh, freedom to transact news is that PayPal is continuing its practice of just, you know, randomly kicking people off whose politics they don't like. Um, but this time, I had originally planned on reporting this out as the Free Speech Union having their account uh, canceled and frozen. Uh, but as of yesterday, they've had it reinstated. Um, the Free Speech Union is a British nonprofit who is, like has their mission of to defend people from cancel culture. So, you know, not, not the kind of thing that lefties like. Mm. Uh, but they, you know, they hadn't ever really given them a good reason they were like oh you just you violated our acceptable use policy and um, did they give an example of what the violation was well eventually because everyone was freaking out at them and they were like oh they they disseminated covid misinformation well okay what was which the COVID isn't even which one of the which like the guy who who runs the free speech union pointed out like that's not even in the acceptable use policy that's a different policy so clearly this is just a post hoc excuse yeah. Um, the acceptable use policy, though, uh, so I looked it up, and it bans, and I quote, the promotion of hate, violence, racial, or other forms of intolerance that is discriminatory or the financial exploitation of a crime. Which is pretty broad. Yeah. Um, I feel like that should uh, disqualify Black Lives Matter, but, you know, I'm sure it doesn't. I think the promotion of hate and violence is... Uh an acceptable use violation, like half the accounts on Twitter would be gone. Yeah. Uh, the financial exploitation of a crime. Right. That's everybody. Yeah. They're all doing that. Uh, so, yeah, don't use PayPal. <laughs> <laughs> or, like, don't use it. Don't, don't like, rely on PayPal. You know, use PayPal to, like, send money to your friends every once in a while. Don't run your business in a way oh, that, that requires PayPal. Because Certainly don't. They're bad. Yeah, certainly. Yeah, don't don't rely on it. Certainly, don't keep more than a few hundred dollars ever in your balance because they can freeze it at will and may not give it money back to you. Aren't required to unfreeze that money for up to six months. Like it's it's yeah. Fuck PayPal, man. They're terrible. All right. Well, on that note, we're gonna move to a story that Eniash thinks is happy news, and David doesn't. Yes, this was originally in happy news, and then we're gonna fight about it afterwards. All right. So, what's the story? <laughs> So NASA cra uh, crashed a spacecraft uh, into an asteroid. It's called the DART spacecraft, which well, that stands sounds like for bad news. Well, <laughs> they did it on purpose. Though. Oh, that's good. Yeah, it's the double asteroid rendezvous test. Which didn't we report on this? We when it did. First yeah, we talked about it like months ago, and we were like, sadly, we won't get any results for months. Yes, and now months have passed, and it really didn't take that long at all. Which is uh, a lesson to all you young people: you're going to get old before you know it. <laughs> I mean, I think it took the amount of time we said it was going to take. Yeah, yeah. But it doesn't feel like it took very well, long. Well, not right? all of us were at Burning Man. That's true. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, for, for those of you who weren't at Burning Man, maybe it passed uh, more slowly. But for me, I it feels like we just talked about this a few weeks ago. But yes, the, the point of this was to see if they could deflect an asteroid slightly by crashing something into it. Because maybe someday in the future, there'll be an asteroid that we notice is heading 
on a collision course with Earth, and if we see it early enough, we can crash something into it and deflect it, and this is a test of that thing. We haven't actually gotten results, or at least we, uh, we in the public have not been told what the results of the experiment are yet, at least as of the time I last was reading on this, which was last night. Um, but they did successfully hit the damn thing, which is a huge step on itself. Yeah, that uh, does sound really difficult. Yeah, we, we reported on how difficult it actually is to hit something that small that far away with uh, something we launched from from a moving platform. It was, which is, you know, the Earth because it orbits. Anyways, uh, it was really fucking impressive that they did this with SpaceX's help to launch it, by the way. Naturally. Elon Musk is helping to save the world, yes. Uh, so, yeah, this is, I think this is just great news. We have gotten one step closer to maybe keeping the Earth from being destroyed by something, uh, something very bad. Uh, my favorite, my favorite quote from this article you linked mm-hmm. is "That's something the dinosaurs couldn't do 65 million years ago." <laughs> That's a great quote. Eat it, dinosaurs! <laughs> yeah, ain't humans! Shit. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck yep, you, strong dinosaurs! Strong agreement. Uh, but yeah, they uh, they're claiming it's a success. Uh, I don't know that it moved the asteroid much, but I don't think it was supposed to. Uh, I think it was just supposed to move it a little little tiny bit. Be like, all right, does this actually work? Can we do this? Yeah. And yeah, I think the big question was, can we hit the thing? Right. And they did. So good job, scientists. David, why is this, why was this pulled out of our happy news? Uh, So it was pulled out of our happy news because of an argument that um, I believe Toby Ord made in his book, The Precipice. Uh, which, as you guys pointed out, the last time this happened was around 65 million years ago, which means that the... Well, that was the last time an asteroid hit Earth. Yes. Uh, sorry. Um, uh, which means that the annualized risk of a catastrophic asteroid impact is in the ballpark of one in six, uh, one in 65 million. Per year. Per year, yes. Um, oh, I guess we did say annualized. annualized means. Yeah, my bad. Um, Damn it. And that's a All very right. small number. And uh, Ord argued, Ord argues that uh, if we develop asteroid deflection technology, the also very small number, uh, which represents the ability of terrorists or rogue states to deflect asteroids towards Earth. Uh, might potentially get bigger than that other very small number. Because, you know, when you're talking about very small numbers, very small changes can potentially matter a lot. So, um, at least when you're doing expected value calculations. So yeah, I found that argument compelling, and so I'm not sure that this merits being in happy news, because, you know... One in 65 million chances means we're probably going to be off of Earth or dead from something else before this becomes a big issue. All right. Well, humanity has taken a small step in the direction of being able to uh, avoid a random asteroid collision, but also a small step in in the direction of being able to cause an intentional asteroid collision. So... uh... Either you can feel better or worse about that, depending on what you think those risks are. I think the latter is far less likely because it requires a level of expertise and money that most individual small terrorists and even large terrorist organizations just aren't going to have. Like, but this do takes you think a the chance is less than one in 65 million? I, I think the reduction, the ability to reduce that chance is greater than 
the uh, risk of it having been increased by, you know, sure, maybe the risk is up a little bit, but not nearly as much as how much has been reduced. All right, fair enough. But you know what? This is the, this is really sad news because it means that we're probably not going to do Armageddon. Uh, what? Oh, oh, the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, if hmm. we if we have to deflect an asteroid, we'll probably just send up a spacecraft to crash into it. We won't have to send a drilling team. <sighs> they were supposed to be the heroes that we didn't know we needed. Right? Can we still can we still do Don't Look Up though? Oh, oh definitely. <laughs> We can actually we can do Armageddon, and they just won't have to you know kill themselves. Let's just send a mining team to go mine an asteroid. That sounds pretty good. I mean, yeah, that's probably much more plausible. Guess that's less exciting. But then they're not heroes. They're just you know. You're right. It's still not Armageddon. Yeah. All right. Anyway, we are now going to move on to happy news. Good news, everyone. And uh, the first happy news is a pretty pretty big one. Eniash, is this you? Uh, I don't think so. Is it me? David, did it's you put on the... Oh, wait. No, no, no. That is mine because these, <laughs> moved... these got moved around. I was going off of memory where it was the parking premium. Oh, yeah. I moved this one to the top because it's the best news. Oh, fuck yeah. Okay. Then, yes, this one is huge news. Uh, there is a new malaria vaccine which has been developed. Uh, it is expected to be rolled out over the next year. Trials show it provides 80% protection uh, against malaria, which, sure, isn't 100%. But, importantly... It is cheap, and they have the ability to manufacture more than 100 million doses a year. Also, uh, 80% protection is insane. Oh, That's is insane? so many people. Well, oh, yes. Yes, it is. There's a ridiculous amount of people. Um, so I, I re- regret what I said earlier. It is insane and awesome. It is, it is awesome. <laughs> but they, they're saying that we literally could see an end to malaria in our lifetimes, which, you know, isn't necessarily saying much if we live for thousands of years but maybe saying very much if we only live for another decade so uh depending <laughs> on your <laughs> so, ai timelines and your uh idea of what's going to happen with the ai uh this this is uh this is going to happen soon I- i'm assuming they mean in the next 50 years i think we are going to see the end of malaria in our lifetime but not because of this i think it's because somebody's going to sack up and release the genetically modified mosquitoes yeah there is now a five thousand dollar bounty or on, on that That's app. right. That's right. We should announce that, too. And at least two people offered to match. So $15,000 now if yeah, somebody does that. Yeah, $15,000 for someone to kill all the malaria mosquitoes. So if anyone yeah. is uh, able to do that, there's fifteen grand in it for you. Um, right. See, see less wrong for details. Yeah, so I, I am enough of a fan of Gene Drive exterminating mosquitoes that I actually would consider this bad news. I am a mosquito accelerationist. <laughs> <laughs> you know, even if we get rid of malaria, we should also get rid of mosquitoes just because they are the absolute worst. Yes. Yeah, and I also mean, ticks. Look, if we Those have a two. thing, can we have a lab leak of that? <laughs> like, uh, if the what, thing exists drive mosquitoes? that could kill all the mosquitoes, yeah, <laughs> then let's just get it, get it out there. I agree. People are really just falling down on their mosquito murdering here right yeah. mosquitoes are awful they are not they are not important to the ecosystem they could they should all die and it would be great yeah they're like malaria they except, are like malaria <laughs> except big enough that we can kill them with lasers <laughs> but you know also gene drives but also gene drive you're right yes all right next happy news uh another new law in california that is uh, increasing, will increase house density. Um, they have eliminated the need for parking minimums near public transit, uh, which is, you know, in typical California fashion, a half solution. 
Hmm. Um, because why don't you just eliminate parking minimums everywhere? Right. But, you know, near public transit still is like a ton of California um, and the, the places that need density the most. Fucking awesome. They also changed the zoning laws just like yesterday, right? Two days ago? Oh, I don't know. What did they change them? Like like uh, statewide? Uh, yes. Um, the, the governor signed something into law, which is actually immune to repeal as well. Um, okay, that's not a thing that's possible. I yeah, think it was something that had enough of a, uh, a th- thing. That sounds and, immune to repeal in the same way that Putin now controls uh, the Donbass and Carson and whatever. <laughs> <laughs> no, like, they had a referendum. 99% <laughs> supported it. <laughs> well, in this case, it's a uh, a cheating that I would definitely um, be in favor of. All right, well, what's no, the no, you're not. You're right. I would not be in favor of cheating, even if it was for really good things. No, I'm in favor of cheating. I know you are. You're you're a bad person. Yeah, I know. Um. So wait. So what's the what's the zoning thing? God damn it! What was the zoning thing? I thought I thought that's what you were talking about, which is why I didn't like write it down. No, this happened and... like uh, a couple weeks ago. Hmm. California zoning reform. Hold on a second. I gotta Google this. All right, but there's a great, there's a great, great Gavin Newsom quote where he says, "Housing solutions are also climate solutions." Which, yes, Queen. <laughs> it is true. If you want to get all the liberals to be like, "Let's stop global warming by having high density housing," I am so on board for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it happens to be true, which is also a nice benefit. Yeah, I'm not super convinced because you know what's actually a solution to global warming? Yeah, nuclear energy, we know. Yes, and leftists <laughs> still hate it. I know, I know, I know. But, like, there's also other things that, that can be good. All right, here we go. Senate Bill SB9 uh, effectively ends single-family zoning in California. The law allows up to four homes on most single-family lots statewide. Is this the thing we reported on months ago? No, it happened in late August of this year. Yeah, of 2021. God damn it. I just I am way behind the times. You know what? We should edit all this out. (laughs) Fat chance. (laughs) That's why. uh, Damn it. I I needed to hit my quota. for. Yeah, no, no. Yeah, we reported on that a year ago. It was it was a good bill, but had like a zillion exceptions Ah, that were bad. I don't know what happened that I uh, I totally messed up last year for this year. But yeah, now they've a year later they've come back and been like, and we're also gonna eliminate the uh, need for parking minimums near public transit. Very cool. Okay. Yeah, which is good. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so I'm back here with Eniash uh, because he wants to issue a uh, uh, an Eniash was right, I guess. Yeah, this is the latest segment. Eniash was not wrong. <laughs> Eniash was not wrong. Um, there actually was a. California zoning bill passed. Yes. Uh, apparently, it's the biggest zoning reform ever, uh, at least according to uh, Daryl Owens, who I don't know if he's researched every single housing reform they've uh, ever passed, but it's a really big one. Uh, the The thing about it is the, this new one that uh, actually is a new one. Now that uh, now multifamily homes, three to six stories, uh, they're now legal in every zone commercial lot adjacent to a wide street. And low-income homes uh, are legal on every zone commercial and parking lot. And uh, this pass bypasses council approval and is immune to CEQ. What is CEQA? Uh, CEQA, I believe that's an environmental review law. Ah, uh, yes, the California Environmental Quality Act, which yeah. is one of the major things that's used to stop a lot of uh, development in California. Yeah, ba- so basically anything that tries to get developed in or built anywhere in California runs into 
just endless delays because people file lawsuits under these uh, environmental regulation acts. Yeah. Um, including things that are like clearly beneficial for the environment. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's really just NIMBYs NIMBYing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so uh, exempting it from, from the environmental review law is probably um, – you know, a very good thing to do if you want anything to actually be built. Yeah. He uh, he has a Substack which I will uh, send you the link over to, and we can link it as well, uh, where he goes down uh, the projections. But the uh, really sh- uh, short version is this can f- uh, free up the creation of up to 2.4 million more homes in California. I mean, it's a big state, but Jesus, that's a lot of homes. Uh, up to 400,000 more deed-restricted low-income homes, and up to a 40% reduction in emissions over suburban sprawl uh, status quo. Yeah, now I don't know how the low-income housing works in California. Uh, it sounds like deed restrictions is something that like you can you can designate a, a unit to be low-income as you sell it oh. or as you build it. Um, that's what, I mean, that's what the, the term deed restriction sounds like to me. Okay. You know, generally I'm not in favor of low income housing requirements. Mm -hmm. I think the way you get low income housing is you just build a lot of housing. Yes. And then the market will provide low income housing. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, I I actually read a thing by Freddie DeBoer the other day where he's like, yes, 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 that's all true. But like also in the short term, that doesn't happen. So like people who are on the ground who need help now, like low income housing is one way to get housing to those people. That's true. This would be a thing that unfolds over a matter of, I don't know, a decade or more to build enough housing to actually start uh, providing low income housing at yeah. a reasonable rate. Yeah. And, and that's why I hate Freddie DeBoer. Because <laughs> he's always making good points. That even though I, I want him to be wrong. Yeah. Uh, I think Scott has the same problem with him. <laughs> he, has like a, he wrote a whole thing about Freddie DeBoer. He was like, ah, I hate this guy. Mm, that's the best way to win, just by, you know, when people have Being to correct. acknowledge you. Yeah, e- yeah. E- even though they don't like you because you're right. Yeah. I mean, his, his book, The Cult of Smart, I think, makes like a pretty undeniable points. It's all about how it, um, like, being smart is just luck. Like, mm-hmm. you're lucky if you're smart. And if you want to um, design an actual fair society, you can't just reward people for being smart interesting yeah now he's a socialist so he actually cares a lot about things being fair and and equal and everything and i don't care about that yeah so i you know i disagree with his like recommendations but i think he's absolutely right they're like yeah if you want society to be fair this is you'd have to take this into account cool yeah we should maybe talk about that book at some point maybe Mm. all right but for now we're just uh issuing this uh short correction on the california zoning law Exactly. Which was actually a real thing um, that happened this year, not the one last year, although that was also a real thing. Yeah. California's trending in the right direction when it comes to making housing, at least. So, good sign. I mean, I think I think David's comment on the Discord was like, I'll believe it when the concrete starts pouring. Yeah, it's true. Which, you know, California really has a whole lot of ways to stop construction. Mm-hmm. So, we'll see. But hopefully, you this would- actually results in additional housing hell yeah you would not believe how much good news i filter out every week just because it's like here's the thing that they're planning on starting that's really awesome and i'm like well here's the thing that everyone's saying is gonna cause good things to happen but good things haven't happened yet yep they're projected to start this next year i'm like "Uh, okay it'll be good news once it actually starts yeah like all right let me you're like bookmark that for next year Yep. Maybe look into what actually happened. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you for letting me clear up the record here. All right. No problem. Uh, we'll, uh, I'll probably stick this in at, during that segment. Yeah, that sounds good. All right. Later. Cool. Bye. <laughs> 
All right, next happy news. Cuba has uh, had an actual real referendum on a law to legalize same-sex marriage and a bunch of other stuff that's great. Nice. Um, So, yeah, same-sex marriage, legal in Cuba. Um, It's also um, authorizes gay adoption. It authorizes prenuptial agreements, which I think is probably the best part of this law. Mm -hmm. Um, And it has a nice little clause in there that says um, parents no longer have custody of children. Instead, they have responsibility. And that they must be, quote, respectful of the dignity and physical and mental integrity of children and adolescents. I'll be damned. Yeah. Now, uh, who knows what that actually means? Ah, But it's, you know, it's a nice sentiment. Yeah. I know, Eniash, you're a big proponent of, you know, allowing children to, or not children, allowing young people Mm -hmm, to, mm -hmm. uh, you know, participate in society. Thank you for getting the nomenclature correct. Uh, Yeah, that's, that's fucking awesome. And... This passed as a popular vote? Yes. 66% of the country supported it. That's yeah, amazing. I don't, I don't know. Respectful for the physical integrity of children could very easily just mean, like, enshrining helicopter parenting in law. Ooh. So, uh, I'm sorry to be so Debbie Downer in the happy news, but I'm going to wait to see what this actually ends up looking like in practice. Because, you know, let's not forget, Cuba is still kind of a totalitarian, authoritarian hellhole, even if the uh, Castros are now... Yeah, Castros are now... Wait, no, they're still a Castro in charge. (laughs) Even if uh, Fidel is now uh, feeding worms. Yeah, I mean, my uh, expectation is that this particular clause won't actually mean anything legally Hmm. um but you know i think it i i I sort of like the uh emotional affect of it yeah Yeah. i like that it was a popular thing rather than something that was pushed through by courts or legislature because this means that it's going to stick around yeah people actually want it there's no nobody can like whine about like oh no there's shoving this down our throats yeah um so yeah good stuff okay all right and that brings us to troop deployments. I'm willing to put wave after wave of men at your disposal. As we all know, politics is the mind killer and arguments are soldiers. So in that spirit, we ask each of our hosts to send a soldier out onto the battlefield each episode. And we'll start with David. Yeah, so um, I have recently taken up a new hobby. I've started lifting weights. And it is very fun. Um, I am seeing some sick gains. Uh, But most importantly, it's been really, really good for my mental health. Uh, I have had some uh, issues with depression and anxiety and also some psychosomatic pain. And they haven't completely gone away, but uh, they have improved dramatically since I started lifting. Uh, Considerably more so than uh, when I've done other exercise uh such as running swimming etc uh so if running or swimming or whatever is the best you can do that's probably better than nothing but if you are able to start powerlifting i highly recommend it or uh as the bros in my weightlifting group chat uh phrase it uh lift heavy rock make sad voice quiet (laughs) <laughs> all right can confirm i don't know if it applies to women as well but yeah it's huge for anti-depression all right next uh question uh, well, next time someone's depressed they'll be bro do you even lift <laughs> <laughs> all right Eniash, what do you have for us 
Oh god, I don't even know. I like I said, I just got back from England. I don't really have a troop deployment. It was originally going to be this thing that uh, uh, Rob Henderson posted about you can make uh, Twitter much much better and make your mental health and life better just by muting certain words uh, so that Twitter just doesn't show them to you. And they included words like yikes or imagine thinking <laughs> and just making sure you never see uh, tweets with those words in them drastically increases the uh, quality of your uh, Twitter feed and also makes it more boring, which is also good because it uh, it means you get off Twitter faster and go do other things with life more. Uh, but, you know, as much as I want to, like, say that and push that message, like, just, I, I have Are had... Are you too sad about the Queen? No, I have had one of the most um, amazing months of my life over the past four weeks Aww. or so. And uh, almost all of that time has been pretty much offline. Uh, Burning Man, because I was forced to in England just because, like, I was so busy, you know, um, not killing the queen. Uh, and I don't know. I just I just want to encourage everybody to be online less and be in the real world more. And it, it really seems to make a much bigger difference. I, I've learned a lot about myself and about the world. And um, <laughs> the, the internet is this crazy mirror hellscape that really has nothing to do with anything real and doesn't matter. So guys, let's all get off the internet, except for when we listen to my podcasts. Okay, so our troop deployments thus far are hit the gym, touch grass, and Wes, I assume you're going to be something, yours is going to be something about talking to women, because so far we're getting very close to just hitting the dad advice trifecta. Uh, this is 100% dad advice. All right. Um, and it is that women can have it all, if they have supportive husbands. So Louise Perry has a book out called The Case Against the Sexual Revolution. I haven't read it. Ozzy from Thing of, si Thing of Things says it's quite bad, but whatever. As Scott Alexander recently explained, writing a book is just an excuse to do a media tour. And Perry has hit that out of the park. She has been everywhere. Now she had a lot of different points, but one that keeps getting repeated is that it's a lie that when women were told they could have it all. That is, it's not really possible for a woman to have a career and a family with children, so society was wrong to ever pretend that was a reasonable goal. And this is, quite frankly, bullshit. The only biological reality is that women need some time off around the time the child is born, but we have laws guaranteeing maternity leave. They could stand to be more generous, but most women who want to have a child then go back to work can do so with minimal interference. Breastfeeding is important for a few weeks, but there's no significant evidence that it's better than formula after a month or two. Now, lots of people have been arguing that the real impediment to new mothers working is daycare. It's expensive, it's a hassle, and lots of people think it's not great for really young children. And in the half dozen or so conversations I've heard about this, not one has mentioned the obvious solution, fathers. Aside from a few tragic situations, every child who has a mother also has a father, and fathers are just as capable of taking care of children as mothers. Now, not to make this personal, but I am a stay-at-home dad. I still have a career, but I've scaled it back some and I work from home while my wife goes to work. Her career hasn't suffered at all from having a child because we both decided that her career was the one to prioritize. In almost every childcare situation, there are two parents, either of whom could take primary responsibility for the child. People like Perry talk as if there's some kind of biological programming making fathers care less about their children. Inevitably, evolutionary psychology gets brought up. And like any time evolutionary psychology is brought up, it's not true. Fathers are capable of caring just as much for their children as mothers. 
Now, I agree with Perry that the promises of feminism haven't been kept yet, but I disagree that the solution is just to give up on them. We shouldn't be encouraging women to abandon their dreams of having a career and family. We should be encouraging men to give up on those dreams. No, wait. Uh, what I meant was <laughs> we should be popularizing the idea that sacrificing your career for, for family is not a female thing. It's not even necessary in every situation, and it's just as valid an option for dads. Women can have it all just as much as men can, and we should be encouraging that outlook instead of advocating a return to 1950s gender roles. Huzzah. All right, that's our show. Uh, it's a little late. I know, it's all Inuyasha's fault. I apologize, um, but I was finding myself, and I don't really apologize. <laughs> he was off the internet. <laughs> uh, all right, please follow us wherever you follow podcasts. Uh, please review us on Apple Podcasts. Uh, subscribe on Substack. You'll get episodes early, uh, except not this one because it's late for everybody. You'll get bonus episodes, and you'll get access to our subscriber-only Discord channel. Uh, come back in two weeks. We should be back on the regular schedule then. Um, so uh, it should be like, uh, you know, a little less than two weeks. Same rat time, same rat channel. Bye. Bye. Bye.